Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome, folks, to the PKN Packaging News Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News and the host of this show. G'day, Lindy. Can you please tell us about our topic and our guest for this episode? Hi, Grant. Well, today we're going to be talking about some groundbreaking technology that is solving some of our most pressing challenges, on the one hand, for dealing with plastic waste in landfill, and on the other, the surface transmission of germs via packaging. And to tell us more about the technologies, which are called Pack to Earth and Safe to Share, is pioneer and entrepreneur Anthony Harrison, the CEO and founder of a company called 12.8. Now, welcome, Anthony. Good day, Ian. Thank you, uh, Lindy. Great. Well, we're going to start to find out a little bit more about you. We want to find out what makes you tick. And if you can give us a brief summary, therefore, of your career history to date and that brought you to the point of founding 12.8. I'm more than happy to do so. Well, yeah, an interesting uh, journey. Uh, As a youngster, um, I always uh, loved the entrepreneurial side of life uh, while friends would go out and play. Uh, living on the northern beaches of Sydney, I would find myself finding ways to make money, whether uh, collecting bottles or cans for recycling or selling pampas grass along the side of Monavar Road or even horse manure, or even uh, helping my father in the supermarket at Terry Hills where I would walk around and make little signs to try and incentivize customers to uh, to buy certain products. Uh, Selling sinkers to the local fishermen was something else I also did. Uh, not that my father was happy at that entrepreneurial ent- enterprise because I found myself um, uh, taking or borrowing some lead from some roofs at some time. So that wasn't the best of ways. But um, yeah, so that was my early entrepreneurial uh, years. Um, I left school uh, and worked in the pre press arena. Uh, I was apprentice of the year for two years running in the uh, School of Arts in Ultimo in Sydney. Uh, and then uh, as a, my first job uh, in our time, and the second job was in a pre-press company in, in Brookvale in Sydney. Uh, those days were a lot of fun. I found myself managing the afternoon shift of the pre-press company. And it was at a time when uh, uh, the bosses would, would look at me and say, well, it would be great to get more work. I put my hand up and said, well, why don't I, during the days, during my own time, I would start my own design and advertising agency, of which I did. I became the the largest client of our company by bringing in pre-press work and also advertising work. Uh, from there, my own advertising agency was born in 1995. I started with Arnott's Biscuits as my first client, uh, meeting the then marketing director and then working my way down to getting uh, work, including uh, helping sell Tim Tams in the summer months. From Arnott's, I picked up the Hornsby Shire Council and started working with Hornsby Shire Council on many different campaigns, which included a waste campaign. From other uh, local governments, I ended up working with about 28 of them altogether. And during that time, I found myself working on waste campaigns like War on Waste for Bankstown Council, uh, Costa Zoo with Randwick Council, and Darren Beedman on Randwick Council. So there's a time when the uh, auto bins were being rolled out in replace of the small little bin. So that was my first little uh, foray into the recycling sector, if you like. The ad agency grew. Uh, We were 25 people in our heyday. We looked after clients like Nivea, uh, Fisherman's Friend, Blanco, uh, SC Johnson. We also had quite a lot of uh, packaging accounts uh, similar to um, SC Johnson. We did their packaging. We also did packaging for 
uh, IGA as well, Metcash, when they first came and, and bought in IGA from John David Holdings or David Holdings. So we, we picked that up as well. We also had many uh, not-for-profits. Uh, I pride myself on doing not-for-profit work. So we looked after a lot of uh, not-for-profit work and found ways in through cause marketing to help not-for-profits raise uh, much-needed funds for the work that they're doing. So that was sort of my early foray into the, uh, the packaging world, if you like, and even some part of the obviously the waste and the concerns of recycling all those uh, uh, 18 to 20 years that I ran my ad agency. So now you found yourself um, at a point where you've started a company called 12A Technology. It, it says on your website um, that you're an Australian business with a heart and soul mission to find solutions that heal and protect our earth from plastic waste. So tell me a bit about 12A and what was the catalyst for starting this company? Well, thank you. Yes, I've always wanted to make a positive difference. Uh, in the world. It's sort of from, again, from my young age, I, I always wanted to ensure that everyone connected, everyone felt um, cherished and, and appreciated. And so uh, as the ad agency world of my life uh, grew and we were doing not-for-profits and and looking at ways to make a difference, we looked at 12.8 as an opportunity to find positive ways to help people and the environment. So 12.8 was filmed. Uh, the name 12.8 derived from number 12, meaning uh, perfection or authority or appointment, and number eight symbolizes creation. So we see ourselves as having uh, an appointment to help creation, which is through uh, technologies that help help the world and help the environment and help people. Uh, that's why um, we started Pack to Earth and Safe to Share, and we we, uh, we searched and found uh, the solutions that we now have the honour and the privilege to take globally. Okay, so let's take a closer look at the two technologies and we'll start with Pack to Earth. So tell me what it is, how it works, where the tech was developed and who it's aimed at. Certainly, yeah. So Pack to Earth is a technically advanced recyclable nanotechnology. Uh, it's a solution for escaped plastic that decomposes in natural conditions or plastic to be plastic no more, changing the landscape for, for future generations. I love that term, escaped plastic. Yes. <laughs> Please tell me what you mean by escaped plastic. Well, you know, we, we talk a lot about the circular economy and the importance of recycling and, uh, and 100% agree the best is that we can all recycle and see things continuing around the circle. But tr the reality is, even in the latest statistics in Australia, 84% of plastic ends up in the place no one likes to talk about, which is landfill. And so that's what we call an escape plastic. When it misses the circle, it doesn't go where we all want it to go, and only 9% is recycled. Uh, so we all, we all want that number to increase. We all want to see more people recycling and incentivize people to do so. But the reality is that most plastic at the moment will end up in landfill and there, that is an issue. So we take care of that escapee, that, that sneaky little bottle or bottle lid or whatever it might be that uh, ends up in, in the landfill. Okay, so pardon my interruption. Let's go back to um, where you, you were heading. You were telling us about the technology and how it was developed. Yes, so our technologists uh, got together with commercially-minded packaging experts. This is one point of difference. It was formed from uh, an Australian by citizen who went back to Hong Kong and started a packaging business, and he himself is an environmentalist and would see that he himself was contributing to the amount of plastic waste. So being uh, educated in material science in New South Wales University, 
you started to work um, with a company called NAMI in Hong Kong, and they created a patented built-in additive formula to ensure that plastic can decompose naturally and safely, activated by either sunlight, but here's the big one, or only just by atmospheric heat, which is unlike any other technology of our type. So also, we don't need much oxygen. So zero to, to no oxygen, and we will still uh, decompose. And of course, as I mentioned, we are recyclable and we have a time-controlled technology that allows us to customize a product shelf life. So with that, I mean that some clients that we're talking to, they might have packaging sitting in a warehouse for two years before it goes on shelf, and then it goes on shelf for maybe six months before then it is then disposed of. So we needed to, to ensure that our technology has a time control, a stall that won't decompose while, uh, or sooner than it has to. Oh, sure. So explain to me what happens when packed-to-earth products end up in landfill. So when it ends up in landfill, so we, when, once it's in landfill, our, our technology or the plastic uh, will start to decompose in, in the natural environment of an anaerobic landfill condition. So uh, we only need like 24 degrees uh, maximum to start with decomposing so we don't need sunlight uh, to decompose so a lot of time in landfill it starts to be buried um, so that's an advantage for our technology uh, we don't need uv to continue going we don't need uh, oxygen we've got built-in oxygen into our technology so that will keep on decomposing and uh, it will decompose back down to air water and one percent salt so the stage one of the breakdown process uh, is free radical polymerization of the resin breaks down the polymer from 300,000 molecular weight down to 4,100 certified. And in the laboratory, we're actually down to 2,100 molecular weight, which at that stage is no longer considered a plastic. It's called a ketone. It's like a watery paste or like a slurry. And then that bacteria, the microorganisms and parasites like worms will come and consume the remaining ketones back down to CO2 water, and that's all done within a two-year period. So our technology says that when this escaped plastic ends up in this place called landfill that we want to avoid, but reality is it still ends up going there, uh, our technology will allow plastic with our additive to decompose. We consider it like a eco-insurance policy. That's something we've been saying a lot lately, actually, and uh, our sales reps around the world are starting to, to talk this way by saying we, we are like an insurance policy. Our technology is fully recyclable. It will not disrupt the recycling stream, which is very important. Uh, we can use virgin plastic or recycled plastic, which is very important. We do not interrupt the manufacturing for the manufacturers like other type of plastic needs different machinery. We do not interrupt that, but we are like an insurance policy. Uh, we will take care. So, um, I mean, that sounds to me like it makes solid sense. There's a lot of claims that you're making there. Are your claims proven? Yes. So to prove claims, we're a company of integrity. So we are very careful in the claims we make and we don't want to be another company out there broadcasting, greenwashing and misleading. We want to be incredibly careful of what we make. And our, our team that has developed the technology are also of high integrity. They are so careful about the claims we make. So it was developed by NAMI. I mentioned NAMI previously. So NAMI is a Nano and Advanced Materials Institute. Uh, 
They are a subsidiary of the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology and Research. They're a development center specializing in nanotechnology. They have over 30 global patents within the technology that they're developing, a strong portfolio, and their role, their 200 PhDs role is to create new technology to improve uh, the, the, the earth, the environment, and other ways uh, that we live. Once NAMI has developed in their lab, and again, incredibly certified and done correctly, it goes to HKPC, which is the Hong Kong Productivity Council. Uh, they are an enhanced productivity of local plastic industry. They offer a wide range of plastic testing and services. So we go to a second independent verification process to ensure that what we are claiming is true. And then we even now go to a third. So in the case of recycling, we've gone to Smithers. Smithers is in the UK. Smithers provides world-class packaging expertise you can trust. They help develop compliant, high-performance packaging whilst overcoming environmental and supply chain challenges. So we've gone to Smithers to give us verification on BS84472 and EN15345, uh, which will give us that, uh, that biodegradability and that proof that our, our product will and is recyclable. That sounds like you've done your homework. Um, you've you've got yourself verified, certainly in in markets like um, the UK and um, Hong Kong and so on. What interest have you seen so far from the marketplace globally for this product? Globally, we started the technology was started in Hong Kong for the purpose of solving Asia's problem when it came to plastic waste, and this is another certification, if you like, that that part of the world sees our technology as a solution and the amount of business we are getting from that part of the world, we can't keep up. You know, it is just, it, it is just so many of the manufacturing and, and companies over in that part of the world, uh, like the rest of the world, they don't want straws that won't decompose. They don't want any plastic that won't decompose. So, so we have big clients in Asia. Uh, one of our biggest clients is Dairy Farm. Dairy Farm have 7-Eleven, so all 7-Eleven in Hong Kong. Domino's over there. Uh, all the supermarkets are, are taking on our technology in that part of the world. So what about Australia, though? What, what have been the response here? What are the roadblocks um, here to its uptake? Australia is my hometown in my home country. I am very patriotic about Australia. I love this nation. And, uh, and so nothing would please us more than being able to see our technology in Australia. We're finding, though, that our uptake is of higher interest in the US. Uh, we have ASTM standards for US ASTM 69554. Uh, we have also seen a lot of interest in the UK and in South Africa. Australia, we are members of APCO and ANSPAC. We find them incredibly uh, supportive and helpful. Uh, ANSPAC is started to assist and help new technologies. However, we have found in Australia that most of our communication have asked for certifications of AS4736 or AS5810, which are all to do with industrial or home compostable standards. Our technology, as I mentioned, it, it set out to solve the problem of rigid plastic, of contaminated plastic 
that ends up in landfill. And as I mentioned, 84% in our nation ends up in landfill. It set out to be completely recyclable and compliant in recycling. And those two areas we wanted to tick first because we found that was a very important space. And while there is other technologies and other solutions, uh, plant-based solutions, we, we welcome that. It takes everyone to find solutions to the massive problem of plastic waste. And we, want, we are only a part of it. We don't say that we have all the answers. We just want to play our role. It was a focus of our technicians to solve it when it goes to plastic. We do not want anything that goes to landfill to be around for hundreds of years. Uh, we want it to decompose with no microplastic, no toxicity, no problems uh, in, in landfill. So in Australia, yeah, we, we're talking to some really good companies, you know, companies that really have said to us, there is no other solution than what we have. You know, if you're a company that produces plastic cylinders for the hardware industry that might have adhesive in it to companies that have uh, even thin plastic like bread bags, uh, you know, we, uh, we're talking to those likes. We're talking to some of the major supermarkets with cling wrap because our cling wrap is 100% recyclable and it has no PV. It's not made from PVC, so there's no toxins in it. So yeah, we, we're having we're engaged in some really good conversations. Uh, in terms of the compostability, we will end up getting those certifications. We're heading towards that, but as I said, we wanted to perfect the other areas that we found or, or think is more important. Then we'll get the home. Uh, the The next is the compostability industrial, and then the compostability home compostability for the thin plastic. Not possible for thick plastic, unfortunately. You know, uh, I live on a farm, as I mentioned, and I'm not going to go put my milk bottles or my detergent bottles in my home composting. Uh, and the certification for home composting, this um, AS five eight one zero, is predominantly for thin, uh, the thin-filmed plastic um, because it, it needs to completely decompose within a set time. And with thick plastic, we're not able to achieve that time of decomposing uh, at this stage. So what I'm hearing here, if I've got the summary right, um, if a product has your additive in it, um, it is not going to impact its recyclability. It is not going to impact um, anything to do with the the production line, the manufacturing process for that product. Um, so there's no change that has to happen there. And then should the plastic end up in landfill, which unfortunately in the current circumstance, there still is a high likelihood of it doing so. Should it end up in landfill, it will decompose within two years. That's what you're saying to me. That is 100% correct. That's exactly right. Okay, so it seems to me that that is a solution that is a good interim solution while we try to work out other models for um, collecting material and creating circular economies for those materials. So I'm hoping that anybody listening to this might be, their ears might be pricking up and saying, hey, maybe this is an option for us to have, as, as, as you called it, an insurance, a safety net, while these other um, projects and initiatives are being developed. Lindy, I'm so glad you said that. That is so true. That's exactly where we see our position. Now, whilst other technologies have been developed, why wouldn't you uh, take on our, our additive in, in the interim? Well, I guess one of the first things that a business would say is, well, what's it going to cost me? Yes, the cost is dependent on client by client, obviously in volumes and the breakdown rate and what the actual end user 
is going to be. So we determine cost from that. But we know that we are at least 50%, if not 75% uh, more cost effective than your your PLA or your bioplastic solution. So again, the the people that developed this technology, being in the packaging industry, they were savvy enough to know that it's got to be functionable. They test everything to make sure it's functionable. They also know it's got to be affordable. And whilst what price do we put on the environment? Well, we can't really, we'll do anything to save the environment and look after what we've been given to look after in the planet. However, you know, there is always that cost element that comes a reality when brands or consumers, you know, are they willing to pay a lot more for technology that is uh, better for the environment? Well, I believe they will pay a certain amount and then maybe it becomes, uh, you know, too high. Well, we purposely wanted to make something affordable. Well, I think um, that's hopefully going to be a case also of the proof is in the pudding. And if you've got clients uh, internationally that are going for this, perhaps um, that will then spill over eventually into the Australian market and hopefully eventually isn't too long a time frame. Um, well, I did want to move on now, Anthony, because you do have another exciting technology in your portfolio called Safe to Share. So what is that technology and who has developed it? Yeah, so Safe to Share is another revolutionary uh, technology developed by the same laboratory, NAMI, in Hong Kong. Uh, up until recently, there has been little, if any, concern around packaging and packaging handling, especially with the transmission of germs and bacteria and viruses. Uh, these could be spread by inadvertent contamination of package on books or on food packaging when someone sneezes or coughs. Um, but Safe to Share is a is a varnish uh, that has an award to it. It has the Edison 2020 Award. It is a UK, European, and FDA approved food safe. Uh, so that is one big benefit. How it works? It is a, a a varnish that fills in all the crevices and holes in packaging that doesn't allow any germ or virus to stick to it. So that's where the the revolutionary technology comes from. It's a it's a resin coating that goes onto the substrate before the packaging is formed. Correct. It, it, uh, sorry, it goes on after package, like a varnish, like a UV an aqua varnish that goes on after the printing has done. It goes on over the top, so put on like a varnish. But the difference being that it will repel germs. It will repel uh, uh, viruses. So nothing will stick to it. What materials are we talking about then? What substrates? So it goes on any craft board or a cardboard or paper. So the clients that maybe or, or some of the uh, places you might see it would be in the pizza boxes, um, any food packaging, uh, any food that's wrapped in, in paper or, or, or packaging, uh, paper bags, uh, tray liners, other paper products, uh, books and magazines, anywhere where we are handing to one another or we are handling food, it really does uh, provide that protective barrier that makes packaging safe to share. So the next question then, obviously, since we've been talking sustainability and recycling, if, it has, if, if the material has this coating, does it impact its recyclability? No, it doesn't. Uh, there are two variants. There's an oil-based and a water-based uh, the water-based variant is fully recyclable and does not affect the recycling at all. The oil-based 
is seldom used. It's only really if in an environment where it's got to be waterproof, then some clients might choose to use the oil-based varnish. We're finding that most clients aren't taking up the oil base. So yes, it is 100% recyclable. Of course, as I sit here in Greater Sydney and um, in a virus hotspot as such at the moment, um, as we talk, I my question now is, is safe to share COVID safe? <laughs> well, it has been tested for coronavirus. Uh, we have not actually tested it for COVID-19 for obvious reasons, um, but it had been tested for a coronavirus. So we have independent tests to prove that. In fact, we have so many results and tests that certify safe to share. So if anybody's interested, we can provide so much evidence around this technology uh, that, that will allow you to see that it stops microbes from colonizing on the paper and uh, Icoslin and nano silver is not involved in it, so it's got no toxins at all. That's why it won the Edison Award and is um, FDA approved. Um, but yeah, your answer is it will stop coronavirus sticking to the um, packaging. Yeah, of course, it's it's a very sensitive topic of uh, um, at the moment, and um, people are so skeptical of of claims around that sort of thing. But at least it is one option that can help protect material going forward. Now, what has been the market reception or interest in this product? Yeah, so we are finding uh, interest over the last month has quite uh, dramatically increased. Uh, at first, there wasn't, when we took it on, our focus having both safe to share and pack to worth, we put a lot of focus on pack to worth and not so much on safe to share. Uh, but recently, we've been promoting a little bit more safe to share, and we're finding um, both in Australia, we've we've got very interest parties, but overseas as well, uh, some of the big food packaging companies from the likes of Vietnam and, and uh, South Africa are starting to uh, connect to with us and asking us questions about safe to share. So, would you say that there are fewer roadblocks to its acceptance than you found with Pack to Earth? I'd say so because there's not so much decision-making going on. Like There's a lot of talk in the biodegradability and recyclability and different technologies coming out in the environmental side of packaging. There are, when it comes to safe to share, we sit in our own box. There's nothing really like what we have. Well, there's no other technology that's food safe, put it that way, in the world. There is other technology that is not food safe that will protect viruses, um, but nothing that is food safe. And so, and, and also just being an easy application, you know, it really is just replace your aqueous varnish or your UV varnish or your matte varnish with our product and then that, that product is safe to share. So um, you, you've said that this is, this is good for paper-based packaging. Um, my obvious thought is what, what about plastics? Um, is this something that is in development? Um, can you say? Yeah, good question or good question. We have been asked that quite a lot. Uh, one of the honours that we have is being able to work with the NAMIs and, and our technology partners overseas because they are always innovating and always improving. And so with Safe to Share, the next evolution will be on hard services like plastic uh, or other hard services. So that's in development. We're most likely another six months to a year away. Uh, 
but we will not go to market unless we are fully uh, 100% confident and have that second or third party verification that it does what we say it will do. Well, Anthony, the time has come for us to to wrap this up. Um, I did want to give you the opportunity to give us one last final message um, to crystallize what you've been telling us today. Well, first of all, I want to thank you both, Grant and Lindy. You know, it's yeah, um, lovely to talk to you both and lovely to uh, share what we have and really appreciate all you're doing in allowing uh, people like myself and others to share what innovation they're doing in the packaging space. Um, we're not a corporate giant. Uh, we're a group of people with a lot of heart, a lot of soul, a lot of passion. We are very raw and authentic and transparent in who we are. We open full transparency and due diligence. Uh, we don't want to hide anything, so we want to be an open book. And, you know, honestly, we really do have a solution for plastic that ends up in landfill. And I know people are concerned that uh, if we promote our technology, then will that disincentivize people from recycling? I don't think so. You know, as Australians and around the world, I think everybody knows it's important to see it go around the circle and uh, and that's important. We want that. But we do have a, that eco-solution to protect our planet if it does end up in landfill. So I think we do need to still talk about it a solution for that space and safe to share. I mean, you know, really is for, for now. Um, we're not trying to leverage this sad situation that's going on globally. This technology was developed prior to the COVID-19 outbreak. It's there as a technology to ensure that packaging is safe to share. So I welcome anybody to um, yeah, make contact with us and we can have a chat. Well, we'll certainly put your contact details in the show notes. Anthony, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm very excited about your technologies. I think they um, do present a wonderful interim solution, certainly in the Pack to Earth um, context. And then uh, the safe to share, well, it's it's kind of a no-brainer. If you can um, afford to apply it to your paper-based packaging, um, preventing germ spreading, well, we're all for that, as you know. You really are an enthusiastic and innovative uh, creative solutions thinker. That's what you've proven to me. And I wish you all the best with your 12.8 company and with um, getting these technologies into the market. Thank you, Dealey. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Anthony, and thank you, Lindy. And thanks, folks, for joining us on this episode. We'll be back in the not-too-distant future with another informative episode. But until then, have a great day. You've been listening to the PKN Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.